Hi guys, I'm Heinz. And, and I'm Amy. And uh, hello. Guys, we're live here. Come on, what's going on here? There we go. I, <laughs> I receive it. I receive it. And and Susie, Susie just mentioned it. And and you might remember if you were if you were here last year at DTI 2018 that actually this time last year me and Heinz were literally just about to get married. And um, and and you know obviously that did happen. And um, this year we stand before you as Mr. and Mrs. Prinsloo, which is very exciting. It is very exciting, and, and I'm just slightly in, in shock that it has been about a year. It's flown past, um, and, and to be honest with you guys, um, me and Heinz, we've been together in total now for, for about four years, and, um, and, and in the beginning times, I was, was, there were a few moments that made me a little bit amazed that we even made it past date number three, never mind four years of being together. You know, there was the time on our first date where, um, where we were in a coffee shop incognito and another couple from church came in, saw us and didn't do the polite thing and, you know, kind of walk away. They joined us. They sat on our table and joined us for our awkward. first date. It was a little bit awkward. And then there was also the time on our third date where um, I decided, bold, that it was time to have the chat. And so, you all know what I'm talking about. I turned to Heinz and I said, Heinz, I think you know that I like you. I know, bold. She's only human. It's true. <laughs> it is true. Look at the hair. And, um, and he, he paused for a moment and he said, mm, yes. <laughs> I like me too. Come on. Does anybody else think that that is not okay? Guys, it is totally okay. But you know what the crazy thing is? <laughs> Go home and do it. But <laughs> it was here at DTI four years ago that me and Amy actually started chatting. Um, so take a look around you. You could be sat. There we go. Can you hear me now? Ah. Can you hear me before? Great. Well, I'm going to say it again just in case. It was here at DTI four years ago that me and Amy started chatting. So have a quick look around you. You could be sat next to your future husband or wife. Oh! Yeah. Oh, wow. Anyone here reckon they are? Oh, this Couple guy of you guys. does. All right, all right. Yeah, now's probably not the best time to ask them if that's the future they want. <laughs> but aside from finding your future husbands and wives, guys, this weekend, <laughs> this weekend has been incredible. We've, <laughs> I've lost him. We've been looking all at the life of this guy called Joseph how at 17 he was sold into slavery by his brothers. And then this, he worked with this guy called Potiphar. And then he accused him of a bunch of stuff. And then Joseph ended up being thrown into prison. Mm. And then when he was in prison, he interpreted some dreams and eventually ended up pretty much running Egypt. And he saved a whole nation from starvation. Yeah, guys, we've learned so much this weekend. But now it's time for us to take what we've learned and for us to go home and do something with it. See, we've been looking at Joseph and, and what we've learned about Joseph is that, that when he opened himself up to God, God does amazing things through him. He changed the nation through him. And I believe today that if we are up for it, that we could do exactly the same thing. 
So right now we're going to just focus in on a little chunk of Joseph's story. So we're going to look at Genesis 41, if you've got your Bibles on you. And just to kind of speed us up in the story, this is the point at which um, Joseph has just interpreted Pharaoh's dreams. And he's now telling him exactly what he needs to do in order to respond to those dreams. So why don't you turn with us to Genesis 41, verses 37 to 39. Um, I'm sure it'll come up on the screens if you want to read it there. And it says this, Joseph's suggestions were well received by Pharaoh and his officials. So Pharaoh asked his officials, can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has revealed the meaning of the dreams to you, clearly no one else is as intelligent or wise as you are. You will be in charge of my court and all my people will take orders from you. So then what happens next is actually crazy. Pharaoh, you know, he, he goes with his word and he puts Joseph in charge of everything in Egypt. You know, it goes on to say that he even gives him his second chariot. Has anyone else been given a chariot? Anyone here been given a chariot? I really don't believe you. I feel like that's not true. That's just a little bit of a weird present, but sounds awesome. You know, it goes on to say later in verse 46 that, um, you know, Joseph was 30 years old when he began serving in the court of Pharaoh. And, and we know that things turned out exactly as Joseph had predicted. They had seven years of abundance and ended up with so much food that they just couldn't be bothered to count anymore because there was that much food. At 17, Joseph was sold into slavery. By the age of 30, he had been put in charge of the country and he had saved it from starvation. And so guys, I just want to pause for a minute here and recognize that this is crazy like how did Joseph do it like he had a pretty cool coat like we heard about but apart from that there wasn't that much going for him he's a farmer's son he was a slave he was thrown into prison like it's a bit crazy that Pharaoh the king of Egypt would follow the advice of this guy that he's just pulled straight out of prison like imagine if our queen was to get someone like that to advise her it just wouldn't happen but I think it's in this passage that we find the key to Joseph's success. And it lies in what Pharaoh said to his officials when he said, Can we find anyone else like this man so obviously filled with the Spirit of God? Guys, Pharaoh saw something different in Joseph. He wasn't like everyone else. And the Bible tells us that Pharaoh chose him because he could see God's Spirit inside of him. But, but what's that mean? You know, how could Pharaoh see the Spirit inside of him. It sounds kind of strange, doesn't it? Um, but, but what it actually means is that Pharaoh, he looked at Joseph and he saw that there is something different about him. There was something inside of him that was influencing the way that he was on the outside. You know, when we give God our yes and open our hearts up to him, we don't just change on the inside. It's not just a really heartwarming encounter that makes us feel good for a little while, but then leaves us just in exactly the same place that we were in before. No, instead, our life changes. It's a transforming encounter that changes us from the inside out. And it has the power to make us and the lives that we live look visibly different. 
Because when you encounter God, you don't walk away the same. And you know, both for, for Heinz and I, and I'm sure loads of you guys in here, we can say that for us, that's exactly what has happened. We've experienced this kind of change in our own lives. Yeah, like for me, I came to DTI my whole life. So I came when I was 17, but this time was different. I encountered God in a way that my life, it just couldn't carry on looking the same. And ever since, I've been on this adventure of following God and seeing him at work in my life. Like beforehand, like um, I was coming to church on a Sunday. But if you looked at my life throughout the week, like you wouldn't really have known it. My life looked no different to anyone else's. Like, and if I'm honest with you guys, like I'd have hated to have been my youth leader. Like, <laughs> um, I remember when I was 15, Susie was actually the youth pastor, and we were at youth one on Tuesday night, and I picked up this fire extinguisher, and she looked me in the eyes, and she was like, Heinz, don't you dare. Guess what I did? I let off the fire extinguisher at Susie. It wasn't a good moment in my life. Anyone else here ever done that, their youth leader? You shouldn't have. It's not a good, good idea. She wasn't happy about it. But that's a silly example, but... I was, I was coming to church, but I was like, at the same time, I was going to parties and doing all of the things that I'm sure you guys know people do at parties. And then I came to DTI when I was 17, and I encountered the Holy Spirit. I encountered Jesus, and my life looked different. Suddenly, I stopped squirting fire extinguishers at my youth leaders, but then I was going back to those exact same parties, and suddenly, I was praying for my friends at them, something that didn't even cross my mind before. Because I realized, guys, that the spirit that we encounter here this weekend isn't meant to be just for now. Like God wants to fill us with his spirit, but then for us to take it home with us and impact our schools and our colleges. Mm. Like he wants your friends to encounter him in the way that you have this weekend. Because guys, this nation-changing, life-giving spirit, it wasn't meant to be just for Joseph and it isn't just for me. It's for us, every single one of us here in this room. Yeah, and this weekend we've been, we've been asking the question, what does it look like for us to dream the impossible? Well, actually, this is what it looks like. When we open ourselves up to God, he can do amazing things through us. Because being filled with God's spirit means that we are filled with his power, his wisdom, and his authority to do his work here on the earth. In fact, in the book of Ephesians, we've quoted it a few times this weekend, um, it says that, um, you know, the, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, it now lives inside of you. That is a crazy thought. You know, the, the Bible, it says that if you've given your life to Jesus, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, it lives inside of you. That is a crazy thought. And you know, like the spirit of God is amazing. You know, we, we see it all the way through the Bible. That is the spirit that was present at the creation of the earth when God made everything. That was the spirit that was present with the early church when they went out and they spread the story of Jesus all across the entire world. That is the spirit that was in Joseph that enabled him to change an entire nation. This Bible, it tells us that that is the spirit that lives inside of you. This is good news because what that means is that no matter who you are, what you've done, what your background is, what you believed before this weekend, 
None of that matters now because with God inside of you, anything is possible. Yeah, and we've heard this verse time and time again this weekend. Susan Zeke were banging on about it the other night. It's Ephesians 3.20, and I'm going to quickly read it out to you. I'm sure you, you know it off by heart by now. But now to him who's able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. Guys, we follow the God of the immeasurably more, the super abundantly more. That's quite hard to do with a, with a <laughs> microphone in your hand. A God who through us wants to do incredible things. Because it's through being in God's presence, it's through being filled with his spirit that we get the power to dream the impossible. And the question that I want to ask you guys this morning is, are your dreams big enough? Like, are we as a generation dreaming as if the spirit that literally raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of us? Because if you ask me, that changes the game a little bit. Like, the impossible becomes an option when you've got the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead living inside of you. And, like, Joseph, he was filled with the spirit and he changed a nation. Like, what could God do through us? Like, when we, when we follow Jesus, like, he wants to use you. He wants to heal people. He wants to set them free. And he wants to do it all through you. He wants to give you big dreams, guys. He wants us to dream for the impossible. See, if the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is living inside of us, then our schools should look different. Our friends, they should be impacted. And the communities that we live in, they should feel a change. You know, what would it look like for us if we were so obviously filled with the Spirit of God that people stopped and they took notice? If we were willing to step out and let God work through us, would we see things as amazing as a nation changed? Now, it might not look like Joseph's story. It might not look like, you know, getting to impact the most powerful person in the country and then getting to change things as their second in command. But there are opportunities all around us where we can be the difference, where we can be bold and step out for Jesus and potentially change somebody's life. You know, just a, a couple of stories. About, um, about a month ago, there were a bunch of lads in our, um, in our youth group. And, um, and sorry, I'm a Geordie, I say lads. Um, you lads. wouldn't know it, you wouldn't know it. But, um, but there were a bunch of lads, they were, they were in our youth group, and they, they went out to, um, to a hospital in the city. And, and they, they were chatting to people about Jesus. And they encountered this elderly man, and, and they're having a chat with him. And, and they got the opportunity to pray for that guy. And you know what's amazing is that as they prayed for him, as they spoke to him, that guy, that old man, decided that he wanted to give his yes to Jesus right there outside the hospital. Yeah, I know. It's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing. You know, those guys, they're in year eight, and they led an old man to Jesus. You know, I know some of you guys, who, who was out doing Jesus at the door on Saturday afternoon? Oh yeah, a bunch of you guys. And you know, we've already heard how amazing that three people gave their lives to Jesus on the streets of Newark. That's so awesome. And it's stuff like that that Jesus wants to use us for. And, and you know, like um, back at DTI Nano in, in the Midlands a few months ago, um, there were a group that they did the same thing. So they went out and they did Jesus at the door. And there was a girl there and she was in year six 
And she went out with the team, she went out with the group on the streets of Nottingham, and right there, she led somebody to Jesus on the street. Guys, she was in year six. She wasn't even old enough to be there. Did, that let God, did God let that stop him? Absolutely not. Because the power of God that's inside of us, it, you know, it is so, so powerful that no barrier is going to stop it. And guys, we don't need to wait until we're older. We don't need to wait until we feel like we've got things sorted. We don't even need to wait until the next big Holy Spirit moment. You know, some of you guys, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit for the very first time this weekend. You are ready we can go now. Yeah, and like a couple of weeks ago, uh, we were at youth and um, we were at a small group and we were talking all about how God wants to use all of us. And at the end of it, a few of the boys, they were praying for each other. And then one of the guys, Isaac, he, uh, he had a broken wrist. And so a few of his friends got around him and they prayed for him. And right there and then, like, he felt the pain go away. Like, he'd been to A&E about it and everything. They could see that it was broken. And the pain went away. He took off his brace and everything. And then a couple of days later, he'd already been booked into a scan to, like, look at the wrist in a little bit more detail. He went for it. And, guys, they couldn't see anything wrong with it. Guys, he had been completely healed. And it wasn't that they... It's amazing. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> and his mates, like, they're, they're pretty great, but they didn't heal his wrist. It was the spirit of God living inside of him. Guys, we follow the God of the immeasurably more. God can do anything. Like one of my best mates, uh, he gave his life to Jesus when he was 17. We used to come to DTI together and like come to get up to all sorts of stuff. Like if you thought that me letting off a fire extinguisher at Susie was bad, like he once got chased by a police helicopter. I've not got time for that story. But when he met Jesus, his life changed completely. And so he's at uni at the moment and he's pretty good at football. And uh, some of his mates came to him and they're like, look, are you up for playing on our football team? We need an extra team, team member. And he said, I'll play for you as long as for every match that I play, you come to church. That's bold, right? But guys, it worked. They came along and he's had some amazing conversations with, it, with those guys. Sometimes I think we need some of that boldness in our lives. And um, as part of his degree, he uh, wrote this essay, which won an award. And he ended up... Crazy, right? He got sent over to Saudi Arabia as part of this award. And for those of you guys, those of you guys who don't know, Saudi Arabia is actually on the open doors, like world watch list for dangerous places to be a Christian. So there he is, and he gets invited somehow to a prince's palace, and he gets the opportunity to talk to this prince about Jesus. Guys, how crazy is that? Here he is in one of the world's most dangerous places to be a Christian, and he's talking to a prince about Jesus. See, God wants to use us where we are and by being open to God using him like he ended up in a palace on the other side of the world talking about Jesus and like he's a good mate of mine but there's nothing great about him like kind of like Joseph like he's not the wisest he's not the brightest but what I can say is that he is filled with the spirit of God wherever he goes God seems to be doing stuff and for us we're filled with the spirit of God too God wants to be doing the same things through us and whether we're on a football pitch or in a prince's palace God wants to be using us to, reaching, to reach those around us. Yeah, see, the thing about Joseph and, and all of these guys that we've mentioned, yes, they were filled with God's spirit. But it was more than that. They were willing to act on it. Now, guys, it didn't mean that these things that they did weren't scary to do. I'm sure they really were. 
But through trusting in God, it gave them the boldness to step out in faith. See, you know, it can be scary, but, but it's up to us to just take the risk, to take the step, and then we get to step back and watch God do his thing. See, being filled with the Spirit, for Joseph, it wasn't just like a one-off moment. It was an everyday, in the ordinary decision that he made to open himself up to God and let him use him. What would it look like for us today if we would do the same? You know, for some of us, maybe it might be taking the opportunity to go out and to talk to some people about Jesus, like those year eight boys did. Or for, for some of you, it might be going back to school on Tuesday and, and seeing your mate with a broken ankle and, and taking the risk to say, can I pray for you because I believe that Jesus heals. Some of you guys, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit for the very first time this weekend. And we need you to know that that experience isn't just for now. It's not just a cool moment for you to get excited about having again at next DTI, but, but just kind of don't think about for the rest of the year. You know, God's spirit, it goes with us wherever we are, whatever we do. And it's a spirit that wants to break out in power amongst your generation. And I guess the question that we're asking today is, is, you know, are you up for that? Are you willing to take that spirit with you, not just leave it here at DTI, but to take it home with you and see what God does with it?